in your face. Absolutely delighted on the show to be talking to Carly Misapika and Jonathan Holmesy about shower thoughts for Melbourne Fringe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And I love that you said the thoughts because we're not saying thoughts like the thought in your head. We're saying thoughts. T-H-O-T-S, which is an, I was going to say anagram, an acronym for that hoe over there. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And it's in the water. Tell us all about it. Well, I was stuck alone in arms lockdowns like a lot of us. And I lived alone and I had a bathroom. And this was kind of my a-linear pathway of expressing my moments in the bathroom across the six lockdowns. But Carly is such amazing and performer. Instead of making it sad about lockdown, we're just trying to celebrate all the goofy things. James, did you have any funny or embarrassing things you did in lockdown that no one saw? Well, yeah, I was like, you know, doing interviews with cats on my laps, you know, feeling like I was kind of, you know, just drifting off, you know, into relaxation Uh, with animals purring on my stomach. It was like really, really, really kind of, you know, natal. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, um, as you know, James, we love being camp and super queer. So how do we make that idea of lockdown more camp and I think it's again for the theme of yes and so having the privilege to do it in the pool thanks to City of Melbourne and Creative Victoria we're able to have a way to people can safely engage so the show is $38 but for half price you can hang out in the pool and be Carly Shower thoughts no not the hoe over there you're going to be the thoughts in Carly's head Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of layers of thoughts here but I just think Just like COVID, it was messy and silly and unprecedented, and so is this show. It's on October 14 and 21. Carly, you're performing on the 14th tomorrow. Jaden Wall's performing on the 21st. Tell us about your performance. I am so excited. I'm grateful. I've known Johnny for a while now, and this is the first time I've been able to professionally work with him. Um, And, yeah, I can't believe I'm doing a show in a pool yeah. Like, that's next level. And I don't think I will ever do a show in a pool again. Like, this is wild. I'm so excited. <laughs> so Jonathan said to me it was the campus thing he's ever done. And so when he approached you, how did you kind of react when he said, you're going to be doing this in the pool? With confusion. <laughs> Utter confusion. Um, There was just a lot of elements that were expressed to me and... I didn't really fully understand it and sometimes I feel like I don't fully understand it even when I'm rehearsing and probably even tomorrow night and I think that's a part of everyone's experience of lockdown, Johnny's experience of lockdown and that's really exciting tomorrow to be live and do something that no one has seen before and that I get to feel with the audience. So when Johnny first approached me, I was like, yes, let's do it. It's in a pool and I trust you and I love you and this is going to be really fun. And I get to flex so many of my skills as well. That's amazing. And that's the hardest part of casting this, James, was how do I get someone that is just covers the wide spectrum of shower thoughts as if the thoughts you have in the shower, right? You might think of K-pop and then think about... Um, World War II, you might think about all this variety of things, and that's what Carly and Jaden bring to the plate. They have so many genres under their belt. Carly is the mother of House of Luna, one of um, Sydney's premier like voguing houses, and 
having Carly as a Vogue mother coming here from Gadigal country and sharing their form, but also in an abstracted way like we do in Melbourne is super exciting. And also having Jaden, who's a house dancer. So we're able to integrate our street dance cultures in a very camp and silly way. And if you love Vogue and, and remember, it's called a dip not a death drop, um, and you want to see Carly do it, we'll see you there tomorrow at 8pm. So how do you rehearse? Like, Do you go to the Brunswick City Baths after hours and do the rehearsals? Like, How's that worked? We have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have scrounged for time and space to experiment in different shoes, in different outfits in different tiles, like various mats that are non-stick, so I'm safe. And we have grabbed like 15 minutes at the pools here and then 20 minutes in a public bathroom there and then like Johnny's bathroom here and all over the place. So it's been a journey and a challenge and it's wild and I love it. Like it's I've never done a show like this, and I, I don't know that I ever will. It's, and a lot of my professional peers say the work is unprecedented. There hasn't been a format. There's been the claims. There's been other queer works. I think of Alicia Frankovich at Brunswick City Baths. But the dancers are in the pool and the audience on the side. Now, the dancers on the outside and the people are on the inside of the pool. You could also watch upstairs as well. So there's different kind of sight lines and different kind of rules. And there is no instruction manual for this, which has been great and, like, awesome to be a radical queer but also terrifying because we don't have a reference point but just like lockdown it was unprecedented and we mm. just thought making banana bread was going to solve everything and we were just in there just for a little bit <laughs> i love i love these kind of you know really kind of slap hazard approaches to the to the rehearsing you know and the grabbing of this space the grabbing of that space and when you were describing it it, it seemed to have such great momentum um does that kind of feed into the movement and the performance you think doing those rehearsals like that? Uh, yes and no. I think first we have to be safe. So for us to thrive, we need to survive as queer people. So I think trying to find the survival, just going, we want to dance like jazz and tap dance and be silly and be sexy. Balancing that safety, I think conceptually it's been okay like that to have the bombardment of that because of shower thoughts. But it's been hard to balance like physical safety while being like a queer anarchist because they both kind of go against each other. But we just keep communicating and just listening yeah. because if we don't listen to each other, just like on the radio or in society, we won't be able to apply change. Mm. And I'm also performing tomorrow. Um, Jaden is performing the week after. Our bodies are really different and our styles of performance um, are, are very separate and and that's something to be celebrated and I think Johnny's done a really wonderful job of, of bringing those special parts out of us um but it also means that our, our movements are different and our safety is different I mean Jaden does circus and like can flip on the tiles and I'm like ooh, slippery <laughs> It sounds like it's really kind of, you know, stretched those kind of, you know, boundaries, you know, and the audience, I think, is going to love that. Jonathan, I'm fascinated by you making the link with queer anarchists. I think because for us, um, I think Carly and I know each other in a very personal, intimate way, and it's like, how do we share that spectrum that's quite chaotic for an audience, but also keep our safety? And I think 
that's the kind of the the crux of the show is you know when you have that really good shower thought it kind of comes out of nowhere and it either comes bombarding at you like i think tom waits talks about your genius landing on your shoulder that's kind of what this show's about so you just never know when the right shower thought's going to happen but you will when you come tomorrow at eight o'clock at the melbourne city baths how does the water affect your performance yeah well it's chlorine I mean, like, it, there's a lot of chlorine. It smells like chlorine. We have in our warning statement, um, you will experience the smell of chlorine. So <laughs> there's that to um, that I'm in when I'm performing. There's, like, showers actually on me. So that sensation is, you know, another element. But it's all makes me feel alive because... It's fresh and it's something that, you know, I've never done before. And I use that um, to feel in the moment. And I hope that people will see that. We're all experiencing it together. Because a shower is also somewhere you've cried. A shower is somewhere you've probably had a realization. You've probably peed in the shower at the same time when no one's looking. We're not peeing in the show. Sorry, that's extra. But, you know... (laughs) Subscribe to our OnlyFans. Um, but it's just about all the spectrum of what's happening in the bathroom. Like the fourth wall is very hard. Like Carly's in the bathroom. It's kind of like the Truman Show. And we can see Carly on the other side, you know. I'm experiencing the bathroom. It's not like a spectacle stage where Carly's trying to sing to you. Like, here are you and here is me. And that's what the queer anarchy is. a slippage. Like how heteronormative to go, hey, everyone, let's all sit here, pay 30 bucks, sit there and listen to me. And you be still like, that's not the way we want to be anymore, Mm. especially after COVID. How many times I went to an event online in my pajamas, James. Awesome. (laughs) So I think the shower thoughts looks at that agency and also soaks it. (laughs) It sounds incredibly intimate. Yes, because the shower is intimate. And I think to have this kind of theatrical dance. It's why I had to bring Carly from Gadigal Country. I think very few people in the country could do this role. So it's very exciting to have Carly here. And it's a one-time, unrepeatable moment, which is tomorrow at 8 p.m. I felt that intimacy in our tech rehearsal. There were like two people watching us floating in the water and a few people around setting things up. And I was in the shower. The shower was really warm. It was beautiful. I could hear the music and I was like, wow, I'm literally having a shower to this huge audience next week. And it it felt confronting and I felt quite nervous. And I hope that feeling comes back when I perform because that's a part of it. And then as as the rehearsal went along, I relaxed. And that's also a part of having a shower when you relax, when you feel good. And then I get to sing, I get to Vogue. I get to do a lot of weird stuff and everyone's in for a ride. (laughs) Don't forget the lockdown workout too, James. What was your lockdown workout? I used to walk a lot with headphones on, like, you know, and um, singing outdoors, you know, when there's no one around, you know, walking through alleyways, alleyways of Brunswick was a great way to kind of, you know, walk and um, not be around people at the same time. Carly, what was your lockdown workout? Oh, getting up and going to the fridge to get more snacks. And I was like, yeah, I did five steps. That's better than zero. (laughs) I Uh, I didn't do a lot of stuff. 
I tried to do powerlifting, which you'll see in the show. <laughs> so poor Carly now has to do some queer powerlifting. But I just thought, you know, I suddenly was like, oh, I want to be buffed now. But I live alone, so no one's seeing me. So that was kind of not real ironic, but like the Alanis Morissette kind of ironic. It's not really ironic, but you think it is. Do you think you would have come up with this idea if you hadn't been living alone? No. Wow. Because uh, maybe, maybe, but I also had the privilege to be in the bathroom for ages. Like, it was like, I lived alone, but when I was in the shower, it was a duet between me and the water. So I think as much as Carly's doing a beautiful solo, I think the water is equally a doing a duet with Carly. What an honour to be actually asked to come from Sydney to Melbourne to basically have a public shower and perform. And how trippy. I know. I'm shooketh. Like, I'm, I'm so excited for tomorrow. Like, um... Yeah, I I feel really honoured to be doing this. And, yeah, thank you for having me, Johnny. And Do shower thoughts. Thank you. And we'd love to see you there. And Yay. you can just book it at Melbourne Fringe. It's at the Melbourne City Baths. It's the femme version this week and the mask version next week. And if someone gives me half a million dollars, I will do the entire gender spectrum for everyone. If someone out there hears that. It's really no exaggeration <laughs> that this is the campus thing you've ever done. And that's, that's saying something because you've done a lot of camp shows. Yeah, and I just think the camp is yes and. I think I was working on a work three years ago called Kaka Capitalismo and Yana Lana was my mentor. And, and then she goes, this needs to be gayer. And I said, <laughs> challenge accepted. And I've gone in that three-year challenge and... I don't know if this is going to be... I don't know anything queer than this. Maybe if Carly vomited glitter, I think it's the only thing we're missing to make this queer. Yeah. Do we need to practice that tonight? Yeah, we need to find some biodegradable, flushable glitter so we don't hurt the planet. If anyone knows that, please call 3CR today. (laughs) Well, congratulations on the show. It sounds truly unique. It's happening tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, yeah? 8 o'clock, and tickets close 3 p.m. tomorrow. We have no door sales. So if you're listening to this now, please get your ticket now. And the pool has three seats left. So if you want to get into the pool, please book. And it's called an aquatic seat. And, of course, that is at the uh, Melbourne City Barbs in Carlton, 420 Swanson Street. And it's also on next Saturday, October 21st, performed by the wonderful Jaden Wall. Carly, Miss Apika and Jonathan Holmesy, thank you so much for joining us today on 3CR. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We'll catch you soon. Show.
the Nolans there. You are running your face on 3CR with James. Up soon, we'll be talking to Patricia Cornelius, the uh, wonderful playwright, to talk about her play In the Club, which is happening at TheatreWorks later this month. But in the meantime, here is Scandal with Patty Smythe.
rocking there, love and pride, love that 80s, 80s classic, great track, and uh, here's uh, the icons from the 80s, Depeche Mode, this track's called Suffer Well. Just hang on. 
It was a great 80s comeback track for both of them, Eddie Money and Ronnie Spector there reprising her role from the Ronettes. Be My Baby, you are on In Your Face on 3CR with James. Up next, Patricia Cornelius, the wonderful playwright, to talk about her upcoming play in the club. But in the meantime, continuing our 80s theme, here's DC Lee.
the day you are on in your face on 3cr with james and we do have a content warning on the next interview but i am delighted to have the wonderful playwright patricia cornelius on the line uh their production in the club opens at theater works on october 26 patricia welcome to the show Hi, thanks, James. I was just thinking back. The last time we spoke on the show was in the late 1990s. Um, and you what have, show was it? It was this show, believe it or not, in about oh. 1998 with me and my wonderful ex-colleague Jackie Brown and we chatted about one of your plays. And who would have thought, well, probably all your fans and certainly anyone who's read your work would have known that, you know, all these years later you would be thriving and thriving you are. I mean, what an amazing thing you've got um my sister jill and you've got this production will actually slightly overlap in the club commences october 26 and my sister jill is is currently um in well it's showing now in melbourne what a wonderful wonder what a wonderful yeah. thing yeah it's pretty it's pretty rare for us playwrights actually kind of a bit, i feel a bit stunned by it partly I, sometimes i make a really wry joke about how when you reach my age they're frightened that i might die and so they'd want to put my plays on quickly. <laughs> 
did you ever think in the nineties when 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 you know you were I mean you, you'd been you'd been a playwright for you know since the eighties really when you established Melbourne Workers Theatre, um, you know you go way back. But in the in the late nineteen nineties, did you think that you would be as prolific as as you are? Uh, no, probably not because you know, there are really uh, long long periods where you feel quite despairing in the arts and especially the theatre, because it's really underfunded and underappreciated. And only Australian stories have become kind of a bit of flavour in the last few years, really. But there's always a big fight to um, give, give yourself or the stories that we tell some sort of credit and, and respect. So things have shifted a little bit, I hope. But no, I did not expect it. But also... I never really held hands with the mainstream and it's quite interesting to hold hands with them now. And and because I've always been really clear about the, the joy and the um, audacity in making independent work. And so, um, yeah, things have shifted in that way, but it's fabulous to be well supported and, and have some um, cash behind a play. And not, it doesn't have to be a two-hander or a three-hander. It's just seven and that's is impossible in the um, in the independent sector. You mentioned the word respect before. Of course, in the club, it looks at the issue of sexual assault and the AFL. Um, it's a it's a brave issue to to tackle, isn't it? And and a much needed one to tackle. Yeah, I mean, I think that that it's way time because it, and it's way time for this show to be on in Melbourne because. Everybody knows it. We, we we are so familiar with the number of cases and also very particular cases that sort of almost damage our psyche and that they're, they're so they're so terrible. And you know, just the kind of lack of um, uh, culpability in terms of players and they're they're, they're um, getting up to worse than mischief, and um, and then there's no consequence. And that that's sort of quite gritty for um, a Melbourne show in particular because we love our footy, of course, and we're very protective over the boys. Yeah, and that almost, you know, creates sometimes, I think, this sense that there's a bit of a protection racket happening. Yeah, I think I think for sure. I think that there is, there has some, the attitude of shifting and, and it needed to shift broadly because there was a kind of sense of, um, well, we still are, are a culture, more even more generally. Of you know, she asked for it. Uh, there was a, there's a kind of contempt for women and their sexual desire, and a contempt for women who are out there wanting to have a good time. And we've got every right to have a bloody good time uh, without being assaulted and without being blamed for whatever might happen with us or to us. You mentioned before that the mainstream was reaching out to you currently in your career. Do you find that that's certainly the case with this play? And how, how does that feel? Is that a bit weird? <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I get like uh, plays like Shit and Slut, the plays that are gritty and um, or you love. They're, they're plays, I, I sort of get that they're not going to go near them, but, but at the t- same time, this is these these companies are mainstream money. These companies are public money, and not not entirely. But it, there is a kind of I feel like there's a lot of artists like myself who should be really stamping on the door or knocking on their door and hard. Um, and I think that Anne Louise has um, you know, shifted things for sure. 
um, for the Melbourne Theatre Company in particular, and, and having um, absolute clear backing for this uh, for um, my sister Jill from her was just refreshing. Um, so, but I, I kind of get how some plays pill in your face, but still, it's still um, you know people will actually like in your face. People quite um, are challenged by works that challenge are about challenging your thoughts. So it's sort of a hard one, isn't it? You've made it a trademark. I mean, I read a description of you earlier today where you were described as uh, Australia's preeminent dissident theatre maker. How does that label sit with you? <laughs> Where'd you read that? It was online. It was. Um, I just. I just typed your name in, and that was one of the descriptions <laughs> that 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 came up. Um, what do you think of that? I think. I think it's probably anybody who writes about class and. Um, is kind of supposedly a dissident. You know, I, I'm I'm quite pleased to be called a dissident. I I, I feel I th- I think theatre is the place to kind of challenge and to uh, push ideas and to reflect on ourselves in particular in Australia. Look at us. What a country we are. How one sort of fragile we are in terms of not allowing any criticism of ourselves. And two, how there's so much of our history that is just glaringly dreadful and that we need to address it. And people get all up in arms and nervous about that, whereas I I guess I love it. I think it's way time. And I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? All of those descriptions that you just you just reeled off, you know, that could be the voice, couldn't it? That could be how people, some people, are reacting to the idea of having a voice, oh, and God, yeah, and shining a light on that darkness um, yeah, and that that yeah. kind of you know ugly part of our history. But it's controversial, and it, and it shouldn't be. No, no. So it's so such just decent. Just decent. God's sake, yes. But for for a voice for our First Nations people. And also, we're shameful because we are so far behind the rest of the world. It's appalling. Like, come on. Get, get with it. Patricia, in the in the club, it looks at the issue of, of sexual assault and the and the AFL. Um, has the AFL reacted to your play at all? I mean, they must have got wind that you were writing it and, not, and having it performed. Not, I haven't heard from them. Wow. I haven't had any knocks on my door. But um, uh, no, I, I can't. I don't, they probably haven't, you know. I mean, it, the the kind of um, de- detachment of from of sports and and the arts is so in, immense. I, I doubt whether they know about anything that's going on about them, unless it's sort of Sam Newman or somebody talking to the press. You know what I mean? It's sort of um, the arts is not not their concern. I'm pretty sure. But it would be great if players came along. I would um, think it would be wonderful to have them come. But, uh, you know, I don't know how how you set that up. Really. Well, they're going to get a bit of a shock, aren't they, when, when the reviews start coming in of your play and people are loving it and, you know, mainstream arts journalists are all of a sudden going along and, and um, wanting comment from the AFL. I mean, their PR people are going to be getting some calls and emails. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> I think that's fine. That's that'd be terrific. How challenging was it writing this play? Actually, really, really challenging because it's sort of bloody obvious what you think or what I think about the 
what how especially when I wrote it, you know that like it was so glaring and and obvious in the sense of what my position on it would be. So I had to find a way in that wasn't kind of just saying, um, isn't this dreadful? You know what I mean? Like it's sort of looking. I found it more interesting to give the focus to three women, three female characters in particular, and they they are carrying mighty monologues that are, 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 they're doing so splendidly. But to kind of really examine what, what we want, what, what we feel is happening in terms of our own desires and wanting to go clubbing, wanting to go out, wanting to put yourself out there, all those things that we we still condemn. And so it was kind of about how how not to be obvious, how not to be falling into the traps of just saying the obvious. Um, so hopefully it will kind of uh, creep up from behind a bit. You, you sound incredibly proud of the of the cast, and it sounds like they're very challenging roles with those with those monologues. Um, the rehearsals must be quite breathtaking. Well, to tell the truth, I haven't been able to go to them yet because I've been working. But I mean, I've been I've been I went yesterday for the first time. So, and I'll be going again tomorrow and um, seeing a run of where they're up to yet now. And so, yeah, but they are they are gorgeous. I, I was I saw them in auditions, of course, and um, they are just out there and and got a great vitality. I, I love actors. I, I just think they're so important in the theatre, and I love to write for them. And that seems an obvious thing to say, but it is amazing how often you go to the theatre and what the actor is doing is just talking head stuff. And this, their beautiful bodies are inanimate and and are not not able to express anything and not kind of carrying a dynamic um, movement or physicality. And um, so this, this is a play that demands that, and um, they're, they're really going for it. Lovely. And speaking of vitality, you have Katan Potofsky uh, as the director. He's on a real roll. He's thriving at the moment. He sure is, isn't he? He's, um, and he's fabulous. You know what? He... He's a really sort of great listener, so he he um he's able to quite quite detect really fine uh, things that 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 actors sort of sometimes accidentally find, and he 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 will remember and nurture those moments um, really thoroughly. It, it's very thoughtful and and great, easy to work with, which is. Patricia, do you find that you're always working on a play and what are you working on at the moment? Or have, are you focused on, on the productions that, you know, one's happening, one's about to start? Um, yeah, where are you at with your writing? I'm writing a play that I have been trying to write for a long time and um, I'll get back to it after kind of a, this, is, this little seasons of plays of over and, um, and it's about Julian Assange. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and it's, it has the same problem in a way. How, how to how to go into that world and talk about it, but um, I, I think it's so shameful that we haven't brought him home and that he's in a bloody prison in London and the English and, and the Americans are, are keeping him hostage there. Um, I just feel uh, I really want to write a play that is sort of, look, it's actually kind of working title called Truth and talk, talk about a man I felt really proud of what he revealed in WikiLeaks. I absolutely thought it was amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's the play, but it's 
long way, long way to go. But will Julian Assange be the main character in Truth? Yeah, well, I think wow. so. Yeah. Wow, so someone will be playing him. How, how wondrous. Yeah, I don't know who. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be a challenging role. Yeah. In the Club is happening October 26 to November 11 at Theatreworks uh, in St Kilda. Patricia Cornelius, it has been a joy chatting with you today oh, on 3CR. Yeah. Great to hear your voice after all these decades. Yeah, thank you. Nice to talk to you. Ditto. Cheers. The wonderful Patricia Cornelius there. Jacob is up next with a Friday rave, taking us out his Marsha Hines. And we do have some support numbers. Uh, there is a sexual assault crisis line in Victoria, 1-800-806-292 or throughout Australia, 1-800-732-732. Taking us out is Marsha Hines. We'll catch you next week on In Your Face.
in your face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook.